Welcome to the Human Centered Leadership Podcast with me, your host, Kulmahe. I have worked in the leadership space for three decades, and now I work with organizations and leaders to develop powerful cultures of high value and performance that is built all around their people. We will interview leaders from around the world and at the very top end of their game to explore what emotional intelligence in practice actually looks like and the benefits that it could bring to any team. This is a movement to transform the way that we see leadership and to create powerful cultures where people feel seen, heard, valued and appreciated and consequently perform to the very best. Why don't you join the movement and subscribe to our podcast and don't forget to click on notifications to stay up to date with all new content. Welcome to another episode where I get to speak to incredible people from around the world and can I just say, wow, I don't know what happened there. Well, you're probably wondering what I'm I'm talking about. Well, just before we went live, uh, my next guest, Darren Galvin, who is a genius when it comes to coding and the world of AI, was just talking me uh, talking to me about ChatGPT and how to create images using AI in a matter of seconds. And we just created some for some PowerPoints that I'm about to do. But if we get chance, we're going to touch upon that because there's a, <laughs> there's a whole other thing I want to talk about with Darren. Now, we talk about human-centered leadership an awful lot. You know, it's one of my passions, emotional intelligent leaders and emotionally intelligent cultures. Now, leadership can be a very, very lonely place sometimes. And, uh, you know, the beauty of uh, human-centered uh, organizations and environments is that we also re- realize that every single person is different. That is who we are. Human beings are, by their very nature, complex. Uh, So people will be dealing with all sorts of issues and mental well-being and mental health is right at the forefront of who we need to be as organizations and as leaders. I wanted to bring somebody on who I know is real, is authentic, and he's happy to talk about his journey. So I want to welcome my good friend, Darren Galvin, uh, to the podcast today. Darren, um, thanks very much for being here, first and foremost. But uh, I want people to get a sense of your journey. Now, we've only got like 30 minutes, right? So what I want to try and do is somehow for you to encapsulate this incredible journey that you've been on for the last four or five years that I've known you. Can you do that in four or five minutes? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I can. Um, And just before I do that, I just think it's uh, incredible how um, one of the topics I want to talk about is how how you take things, right? So I've had... Probably two indirect insults, if I wanted to, to call them indirect insults, so far I've already been on the show. And I'll tell you why that is. <laughs> it's how I take it, right? So before I even got out, honestly, I've never seen anything like this. This is AI in its making, right? I get, there's a thing that sets the camera up, right? And it turns around and says to me, um, <laughs> camera. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing because camera. Darren told me this and I chuckled and I can't stop laughing about it. Checking camera, checking audio, checking hair. But never mind did it say hair, it just crossed the word out because I haven't got any hair. I mean, you didn't tell me that, you didn't say it crossed. It would be a community. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is great. But this is what it's about, right? So one of the things I'm going to talk about today, and I think that's important, is to re- reflect on how we take things, you know? Because, yes, I'm bored. I don't care that I'm bored. I really genuinely have no issue with it whatsoever. But there was a time when I was younger when I would have done. So um, I guess... You know, obviously on a 30-minute podcast, I'm not going to go all the way back to my childhood. What I'll do is I'll go back to probably just where um, there's been a few knocks, where where we got introduced to each other, I think would be a good place. So 
Um, when I, I guess I, I, I first encountered you, um, I think I've been to one of your shows at Jim. We've become um, like low-level friends and acquaintances. Yeah. It was a case of if you ever need any help, just reach out, mate. I'm here for you. So I was like, okay, great. And I didn't really have much engagement with you afterwards. A bit of social media content, engagement, as you do. And then um, just everything, my whole world went to pops. And I, you know, I lost my marriage, lost my home, had to move out, lived in this grotty old hole of a place that was like you know there was mice in the kitchen and I didn't even want to use the kitchen I made my own little kitchen in the place and I was feeling like so sorry for myself it was unbelievable you know I was like well talking to myself with all these negative thoughts I know that now I didn't back then um I was crying my eyes out I was like I just didn't want to be there anymore Mm. and I was like I know this has got to stop or I'm going to lose everything you know I'm a father of five wasn't father of five back then, but I'm a father of five now. Um, and, you know, and those kids are important to me and, and I didn't want to be, you know, leaving them behind. And that's really where how far things had gone for me. That I was just can't cope. So I picked up the phone to you um, and I said, remember you said, reach out if you need any help, I need help. And I was crying my eyes out like you've never known. And it was funny because I think, in a way, I felt like you told me off a little bit because you kept telling me that everything I was saying was talking negative. And it was really interesting because I got to understand that. And, and again, let's fast forward because we've had loads of engagements since mm. then. And I don't want to, you know, obviously spend half an hour just talking about the, the, the time we connected. We could do that. We've spent many half an hour <laughs> together. But what, what I would say is from there on then, um, obviously, uh, I started reshaping my life. I started putting ideas on a napkin as to what I wanted to do. Um, I, you know, me and Danny, who was my business partner at the time, who we decided, right, okay, we know what we want to do. We had loads of ideas. Which ones do we want to go after? And I got a fuel. I got energy. I got something back in me that was not going to let me be defeated. Um, I'd come to your events, your Ignite Your Inner Potential events. Um, I'd met some amazing people. It was, I just started feeling like a journey was starting to take off. And within a couple of months, I decided, right, start it. I'm going to do it. And I went all in. Oh, no, I'd already gone all in on my credit cards and put all my yeah, money yeah. in there. I don't know why I was crying my eyes out. But I'd already gone all in on tech. And I thought, no, I'm going to finish it. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. So anyway, I built this, what I was calling the machine that builds apps. I could see the future. I could see that, you know, everyone thought I was crazy. But I said, honestly, no one's going to be coding apps or websites in the future. AI is going to be doing it 100%. So I want to be on that journey. So hired a developer, created this machine that builds apps, got a load of clients on got investment, what, a quarter of a million pound um, from crowdfunding, got a 7.1 million valuation, all within a year, it was like flying, amazing, great. Um, and it started, it, was, it went all right, and it carried on going all right, but cracks started to form. Um, and it's, uh, unfortunately, it led to the point where coming into our fourth year, I just couldn't sustain it anymore. Mm. Um, and uh, I had to call it a day, and, you know, I, well, crashed and burnt, you know, bankrupt, everything, lost everything. And I think the worst part was as well is it wasn't just, I mean, you know, not many people know this, but I'm happy to share, is that it wasn't just the company that went, it was me that went as well. And the reason why was because I secured um, with personal guarantees a lot of loans to the company to keep it afloat to make sure that everything was going to get it to the next level. Um, And I had belief that we were going to do that. But then, naturally, the second the company's struggling and they can't afford to pay those loans, they came after me. So, therefore, I'm now in a situation where I've got nothing, literally nothing, um, and crashed and burnt. 
And and, and I, I share it with you. And the reason why I go back to the previous part was because it's not the first time I've crashed and burnt. And it, I quite often feel like a failure because I'm like, honestly, why do I keep crashing and burning? Why can't I just go on and get what I want? But actually, I've realized that it's, it's part of my journey and I'm okay with it because I don't believe it's going to keep happening in this way and I'm certainly not going to have it happen in this way again. But um, what what it's taught me is that this crash and burn obviously was going to happen for whatever mm. reason. But the one I had before, which I thought was devastating, wasn't actually that bad really when you look at it. Um, it was certainly not as traumatic as this one, but it helped me to deal with this one. So this is why I love having th- th- these conversations with you, Cole, because I realized that the power of what you did with me back a few years ago by giving me all these tools and techniques to work with enabled me not to really crash and burn this time, yeah. mentally. You know, I- I- I've had my falls and you know, I'll talk about them and it's not been an easy ride this year in particular, but you know what? It's I'm alive. Yeah, and you know, listening to your story, Darren, the one word that continually, continuously uh, comes into my mind is the word resilience, emotional resilience. Uh, and I'm always inspired by seeing resilient people, you know, people who get knocked down, get up again and keep walking forward, get knocked down again and keep walking forward. And I've seen you at your very lowest, you know, when we first met, living in that dingy little flat that you described to, uh, to me. Um, uh, our phone call, first phone call was you in tears talking about, you know, how you'd put everything on a credit card, et cetera, to get this business off the ground. And then just within the space of a few years, I saw this meteoric rise where you got this company valued at three, uh, seven million pounds, I think it was at the time. And, um, and then I saw you, you know, uh, struggling with the, the challenges that, that, that rapid expansion caused for you but also how people let you down and it led to the ultimate bankruptcy. But one thing that I've really admired is that you've managed to keep your sanity and your control over your own emotions and understand that only you can carve your own path. Now, there's going to be many leaders listening to this podcast. That's what the podcast is designed for. Uh, And what I take away from your story is that because we're all very, very complex beings as human, as human beings, we're all very complex. We all have issues going on. We all have lives outside of our, our job, or we may be running businesses where we have that extreme pressure. We know what it's like to be an entrepreneur, right? There's this whole mix going on uh, with people. What is it that you think, firstly, what do you think are the best coping mechanisms if you are going through those tough times? Uh, and secondly, what can organizations or leaders do with their people who they suspect or feel might be going through those times? Yeah, so um, it's such a great point, isn't it? That the, the surrounding circumstances that are going on in your life can have a huge impact on your, your working mm. circumstances and your working circumstances can have a huge impact on relationships. And it's one of the reasons why a lot of you know, um, senior leaders and uh, you know, some, some lose relationships because yep. they haven't communicated and and um, likewise the other way around you know it's it it can be quite difficult I think um for me it's really hard to just pinpoint one two three things right because it's just been a whirlwind and and I think that that's the important part is to recognize when that whirlwind is getting too strong um and to be able to take the tools and techniques to get out of it 
um, because that's how it's felt like for me. And I, I mentioned this on a live video that we had, but you know, I talk about the, the feeling like it was in a box, but let, let's expand on that and say, well, again, when you first start on your journey, whether that be you've just got the job or you've just opened a business or whatever, everything's clear. It's yeah. like you can see around you. It feels great. It feels amazing. And then, like, as you go through this, you, you, are, you, know, you get people around you and you get people supporting you and you as a leader then have to lead them in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can literally be like leading them towards a storm. And okay, that's okay because it's difficult and challenging. But when that storm is like, you know, grabbing people, pulling things away from you and causing you challenges, etc., well, the sensible thing would be to take a step back. I don't feel that that's something that I've managed to do very well as a as a, as a leader. That's where I've I've you know let myself down. Is that um, I I've not been able to take a step back and look bigger picture. Mm -hmm. I've all I, all I've had to do is deal with the day to day. And one of the reasons I feel that. Um, and I, I never want to be in this position again, is that the financial challenges are one of the most, um, it's like you get pushed towards the whirlwind when you've got financial challenges mm -hmm. and you'll still keep going even if you know that it's not the right thing to do. You'll still have to keep pushing forward. And, and, and I think that, you know, when we talk about leaders and how their people will be affected, okay, let's give an example. So, as a leader, you've got a financial challenge, whether that be your business is financially challenged or whether that be your budgets are short or whatever. And someone's in your team and they're coming to you with a challenge or a problem. You can't see it yeah. and you don't want to see yeah. it. So therefore, it's this is what I'm saying about like you're being pulled in and sucked in. And you can't do these things around you. Now, I use that as an example of, you know, from, a, I guess, HR employment point of view, whatever. But it's the same thing as um, one of the reasons I think our downfall was, was because we were working on tech that was growing older than the tech was going on the outside. I only learned that, like, as we're, we're further in and going, you know, there's stuff that's more advanced than us and I can't keep up. I just cannot get the tech to this mm -hmm. level. Main reason... I couldn't get the right people, couldn't get the right coders, I couldn't get the right team to make that happen. Um, but I wanted all this stuff to happen myself. So I think that when you've got those pressures, now for me, it was like, if I had just taken a step back from that whirlwind and been able to read some news articles, like spend even a couple of hours a day following YouTube videos on advancements in AI and technology and the code and, you know, what code's getting old, I could have had control. What we're essentially talking about is R&D, isn't it? Research and development where you yeah. can keep a weather eye on the and, and do some environmental scanning uh, and to understand what's coming down further down the path. So is that something that the, the leader of the organisation needs to be doing or is that something, in hindsight, that perhaps you could have got somebody else doing from within your team and reporting to you? I do think it's the leader, the leader, 100%. Yeah, and, and the reason why I say it is, so, so just going back to where I was with the, the financial challenges, get that sorted first yeah. because while they're there, you can't do True. any of this. And I think, you know, there's so many startup businesses and all that, they're starting and, you know, they live in hand-to-mouth and I've done it and, I, you know, it's difficult and you just literally, you know, you've got salaries coming out of everywhere and you don't know how you're going to meet them. It, it, you just can't, you cannot, in my opinion, build a business like yeah. that. And I know people say, yeah, you have to start up and ground <clears> up and build it. But 
it just doesn't work because it doesn't allow you to step out. It doesn't give you that opportunity. And no, I don't think you should get other people doing it for you. But I think you should utilize other people. So you should very much consume other people's content mm. because, you know, like I'm at the moment, where the way I'm, I've, I've just turned into a complete geek. Like the, the way I looked at it was, oh, if I can't find the right people, I want to, I'm just going to do it myself, mm. okay? Now, a lot of leaders would say, oh, no, 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 you're going down the route of not delegating. No, there's a difference with this, right? Is the fact that I know how much I was paying developers to do a job that I necessarily, that I felt that I could got done differently or better or whatever, however, you know, politically correct, I want to mm. put that right now. But the way I, um, I look at this is going, well, actually, so... Well, I can just do that. I'm going to learn. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to upskill myself and I'm going to go and take that advice and, and do that. Now, I do that by consuming lots of information, mm -hmm. by doing lots of courses. I'm, uh, you know, I've got two Udemy courses on at the same time. I watch probably hundreds of hours of videos of AI and technology because I'm allowed to do that now, because I've lost everything, crashed and burned anyway, and I'm actually you know, on and off, stress, sick, um, depression, we can talk about that later, but it's it, it's there and it's, it exists. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm I'm managing this, and I'm saying this year I'm focusing just nothing but my mental health. That's it, physical, mental health. Well, mental health, physical health later on. Yeah. I can't bother really at the moment, <laughs> but mental health first. But anyway, so what what that says to me is that no, as a leader, you need to go finding that information yourself because only you really know. The, the idea is, if you're a leader, you're a leader for a reason, right? So. You'll have ideas and you'll have thoughts. So when you're reading something, you'll go, okay, that actually doesn't apply to me, but I could make that apply to me. I could change that way of thinking. Like we had a bit of a conversation about how to make AI work in your business. Like it, 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 I didn't read how to make AI work in Cole's business. I, I learned about AI and then went, oh, actually, this could work for you. Mm. So as a leader, I think, one, yes, the financial challenges not need to be there, but not everybody's... Um, in business that let's listening to this some are corporates with you know obviously leadership teams so 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 please take my words and hear me when i say that if you're a leader and you're setting those budgets for people it, don't make it just about those budgets because if these people and, and i say budgets at targets whatever it might be whatever is putting them under enormous pressure is pulling them towards the whirlwind and they can't do what they really need to do. So what you're essentially saying is don't don't just rely as a, an organisation or a team or, or, or a leader on the metrics uh, around performance yeah. that, and, and hold people to that. What else is it that, what is it, what else is it that leaders and organisations need to bring in then to get the very best from their people, do you think? So, so on the back of that, is, look, I understand metrics are important. I totally understand that. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not naive. I understand it. But what I want people to understand is that you can get so much more out of individuals like me. So if I was in your organization, I would probably be your worst employee because I'm not that my, I'm not that type of person. I, I'm very creative and I like to, um, to do things uh, to come up with concepts, ideas to 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 turn things around and make things. Well, I'm different. not sure if that makes you the worst employee. If 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 that's your skill set, Andrew's listening, right? Because I am. Because I'm not going to just sit there and you give me a textbook and go right. This is what you've got to do. Hit this metric. It's never going to happen. Mm. What I'm going to do is I'm going to come to you and I'm going to say actually, and this is what I really think leaders need to listen to, is I'm going to say look. 
I'm totally forgetting this, but what I'm really aware of is that outside right now, like, again, let's talk AI, right? AI. It's moving every single day. And the amount of organizations that just don't have a clue because their focus is on what they've got is their their book that they generated five years ago yeah. of these are the metrics that we've got to do. It's our five-year plan. Honestly, three-year, five-year plans, as far as I'm concerned, I think they're ridiculous right now. And I, I know that's going to no, go. No, I agree with you. I think, I think we are, uh, Darren. We're living in a massively and rapidly and acceleratingly changing world. We are. Exactly. Uh, and I think particularly the last three years have seen us seen that rate of change accelerate as time goes on. And, you know, the world that we're in right now is completely different to the world that we were in pre-2020. So, yes, I think agility, adaptability, evolution has to be something that every single organization and leader needs to grasp hold of. And evolution is not that slow-paced evolution that we're used to. It, this is quite fast-paced evolution. And you're talking about evolving. Let's just get into the AI debate. So you're talking about this this evolution that's going to be now accelerated uh, through the concept of AI. AI is something that we've been talking about for the, at least the last couple of years. I know the, the word AI or the, the phrase AI has been touted quite a bit, but I think it's now showing itself a lot more. You know, I think the the recent uh, yeah. the recent sort of uh, chat GPT uh, sort of uh, app or whatever you want to call it or website or I'm not entirely sure what you would call it, um, but I've used chat GPT and it is incredible in the power. But you're you're in that world and you know what else is coming down the the pathway. So just yeah. talk to us about AI and how AI might affect organisations and leaders. So, so I'm going to I'm going to talk like a complete and utter scaremonger, and I'm going to say it as I believe it's going to be. Okay, um, I believe that AI is advancing so fast. And by the way, look, I know AI has been around since the 50s, whatever. But what you have to consider is there was no data. We didn't have the data that we had. We did not have the processing power that we had in order to be able to make things happen that are happening now. Right? You name any job to me right now, and I guarantee you that AI can, if not completely replace it, will take 80% of it. Mm. Out, okay, that leaves a whole world of people that are um, in a situation where, you know, working isn't an option, right? So look at this, right? You get people coming out of school unqualified like me. Mm -hmm. Every single job that I did can be replaced by AA robots. There's no job for me, absolutely nothing whatsoever. You get people coming out of school that go into universities. They go to universities and they go, oh, yeah, I'll go and work in Mackey's, as we call it here in Liverpool, McDonald's. But there's no McDonald's. I don't know if you know this already, but McDonald's is open. They're fully autonomous. Yeah, I saw that the other already. Day, yeah. There's no, no people. No people. It's cooking food. It's serving food, right? So the way to look at this is go, right, okay, so that's gone. Well, you've got all over, the, all over the country, all over the world, you've got robots serving food. You've got robots opening doors for people. You've got robots that are already um, in healthcare who are looking after the elderly. There's not a single thing that robot that a human can do better than a robot, and that's a fact, right? And what we're getting to the point is, um, oh, sorry, in terms of knowledge-wise, that's a fact. So every human, mm. well, what they're planning to do is obviously robots are going to be more powerful than any human. So you know, while we sit there in, in our lifetime, learn loads of stuff. It's pointless because this robot knows all this stuff. And the education system is another one I bleat on around about because, like, you know, we're still learning about King Henry VIII. Like, what's the point in that when all you need to do is just ask the AI what King Henry VIII is and give me 10 facts about it and great. And if you really want to study it further, then do. Mm. So 
we've got this seriously wrong and businesses have got this wrong as well because not everybody but some people don't even look at it and what i'm hearing and i promise you this right and i've said you this to you cole because i'm hearing it all the time and i see it and obviously i'm not you know a coach in this area or whatever but what i do know is that from a, a perspective of denial it's easy to turn around and go okay i'm gonna go and chat gpt so you're a coach right you know coaching it's an industry that's going to have some threats along the way, okay? But we've talked about how you can tweak that to actually make it you're a better coach. But anyway, so you're a coach, you turn around and go, blah, 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 ask it a question. Nah, it doesn't know the answer. <laughs> rubbish, that AI. You go into denial, right? The reason why you're going into denial is because you don't want to know what it can do. So I say suspend all of your thinking about what it can mm. do. Think about your competitors having this product in their hands and you not. Okay, because remember the Nokia mobile phone. I remember the old Brit Nokia mobile phone. In fact, I think I've got one here, somewhere in a drawer. That, yeah, here. Look, this is a this is one of the newer versions, right? Remember this, mm. yeah. And remember, we used to type our messages. A, C, C. We used to play snakes on this thing, and we thought it was amazing. And we were like, it's all right, it's not brilliant, but it's. Now look at what we've got. Within a couple of years, it flew. Yeah. Okay. So when I talk about AI, I talk about the future of AI. I know what's coming. You know, I, I see it already coming. And when I say I sound crazy, I do sound crazy because a lot of people go, yeah, but we've adapted to technology. Like we understand televisions came out, cars came out, planes came out. I'm sorry, but this isn't technolo technological evolution. Okay. I want to, I want to drop a bit of a challenge in here. We've got like five minutes left of this and I, and bear in mind, this is called the Human Centered Leadership Podcast. So I want to humanize uh, what we're talking about here. The fact of the matter is, and yes, I saw some uh, something a year or two ago that talked about the eventual extinction of human beings on this planet. And they're saying, you know, in about 20 to 30 years, human beings will be extinct. Uh, and after I got over my shock, uh, I read further. And what they were saying was that it's not so much as they'll be physically extinct. It'll be that their ability to think freely will be extinct because AI will be that level of powerful. Okay, so let's accept that. The fact, however, remains that human beings will still be on this planet. Human beings will still be going to work. Human beings will still be inside organizations. So I guess the real challenge is for these new leaders coming up who need to embrace AI and understand, you know, its depth and breadth and everything else about it and its ability, its capacity. How do we align the whole idea of AI and human behavior, human beings in our organization to continue to make them feel valued and, and, and a part of the journey? The how to align, um, I'll come to. Just want to touch on something what you just what you were saying about humans. So what I was saying now is I believe it's um, this is it's not a technological advance; it's a species advance. Okay, and again, I could be wrong. Who knows? But I'm going to give you some logic around why I believe that. Mm. Because if you look at people right now, okay, ah, I've just lost my arm; it's gone. I'm going to get a prosthetic arm, right? Definitely, yeah. That's what something I'm going to get put on. So if someone comes and offers me an AI robotic arm. In the future, I'm going to take it. You tell me now, if you were told that you're going to die next week, unless you have a replacement robotic heart, are you going to take it? Of course you're going to take it, yeah? They're doing head transplants already, for crying out loud, right? Mm -hmm. So I think what we're looking at is that a future of um, evolved humans, that's an evolved human, and what I call it is the hybrid human. 
we're going to have mechanical parts because that's what's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to have arms, we're going to have, you know, new legs and whatever. And then eventually, and this isn't, you know, you're talking many generations ahead, you're talking possibly brain transplants. And that's when I believe we'll evolve to be robotic. But it will just happen as a natural process. We won't be bothered about it. We're, we're, we're talking about a future where, you know, Terminators exist, yeah. right? Um, but what about the here and now? Yeah, exactly. So for the now, I think one of the things to do is just open your mind to the fact that um, your competitors are going to be doing this, okay? And that, that's the that's the bit that's important, is the fact that if you have all these people in your organization under pressure, challenges or whatever, and they've got an option to go somewhere else that's forward thinking and that's allowing them then a couple of hours to go and study a little bit more, a bit more understanding AI, like how many businesses don't use automation? Mm. I mean, you know, you can automate absolutely everything. An incoming thing, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not even going to go into how many things there are, but you can go, so it's basically, this happens, make this happen, 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 contact this person, do this, do that, respond to that. If they come back to you, do this, do this, do that, do this, do that, do that. Like, how many people are not allowing that into their organization? So if you could, if you could allow that and then free up, the time of the individual don't just go and give them more to do free up and say right okay like we're going to take two hours a day two hours a week of whatever mm-hmm. of of future thinking future planning around ai for example mm-hmm. um what we'd love for you to do is come and give some ideas and some thoughts because if you don't your competitors will and it doesn't matter how big you are look google's a threat of extinction mm. google is a threat of extinction. Microsoft just invested $10 billion into ChatGPT, giving them a valuation of $20 billion. They didn't do that for fun, okay? They've done it because they're competing. Now, Google search engine won't exist in the future. Even Bing search engine won't exist. It's not how we all search. So if they're a threat, right? Now let's look at another product that people love, Grammarly. Grammarly is one of those products that you just chuck everything in, it sorts all your grammar out for you, right? It's been a favorite product for many. Soon it won't be needed because people will be generating the content already Grammarly fixed. Mm. Now that's a big organization that's just losing everything because they don't, they're not able to innovate. And if they don't innovate, they'll lose. So that's what I'm saying. Innovate. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think innovation and the, the need for constantly growing, constantly be moving forward, constantly looking ahead and constantly being environmentally scanning it is where we're at right now. And I think you're absolutely right. And whatever you're talking about the tech industry right there, and you know, in terms of the organizations are, are at risk, there's a level of risk for any, any other organization if, if we are not constantly moving forward. Um, I want to thank you so much. You sort of blown my mind a bit and probably the minds of some of the listeners, but uh, hey, you know, we've talked, we've gone on the bit of a journey really uh, around everything that you've been through and talking about emotional resilience and talking about understanding this could happen to anybody inside your organization, your team, your environment, to talking about what the future might look like and the future probably will look like in terms of, you know, uh, computerization, technology, and of course, AI and how we need to be aware of that. We cannot f- afford to be frightened of change. And, and I know that, you know, a lot of people uh, do shy away from change and it's those that don't adapt that sometimes fail. 
Uh, and we've seen that many, many times with big organizations, haven't we, where they haven't adapted to the changing times of the world. Blockbusters is one that comes to mind. Woolworths is another that comes to mind. There's, there's some big names out there that have uh, fallen um, to the wayside. This is the thing. This is one of the biggest learnings for me. I did not see this coming. It came quickly. I couldn't yeah. keep up with the technological advances. And the fact is, the main reason was I couldn't get the investment to get to that next level because I was too busy in a box dealing with all these other little issues. I couldn't get yeah. them. So, yes, it comes quickly. And I think that's the bit that we really need to stay focused on is that it can come to anybody at any time. Well, thank you so much uh, for that. And on that point, I want to say thanks very much for joining us Darren um, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast folks uh, it's been a, a real thought uh, thought sort of um, a thoughtful one and it's really sort of got me now uh, wondering about what the future might look like and how I need to adapt and be agile around that thanks very much all the very best thanks for listening I hope you enjoyed this podcast please do subscribe and click on notifications for new content and of course connect with me on LinkedIn Take care, have a great day.